And we're going to welcome in Facebook this morning. If you're watching, we're glad that you're here. Part of us here in, at Grace Life Church in uh, Jemison, Alabama on this um, beautiful May day. And we're honored today to have you part of our service. But uh, we're thrilled that uh, uh, to have, I call him missionary evangelist. He goes by many names. Some call him C. Some call him it's the C of love. Some call him Pastor C. And I call him missionary evangelist C. And uh, he said, just make sure you call me when it's time to eat. But praise the Lord. <laughs> but we're glad that he's here. We've been partnering, uh, this church has, with him for a number of years as he uh, carries a message of love and of hope uh, and salvation and uh, preservation when he goes and his team goes to Peru. And so uh, this year uh, he's sending provision again, so we're going to ask him to come this morning, and he's going to share from his heart. If you're watching uh, the service now or you catch it at a later time, and if you couldn't be here today or if you uh, want to be a part of the um, the the uh, the financial end of this thing, uh, how many know it takes finances to go to the other side of the world and it takes finances to be able to to feed people and to clothe people, whatever it takes? And I know uh, everyone has needs, but we've been blessed above all people on the earth. And sometimes you may think, well, little I have is so little, but I'm telling you, little in some other places is a whole lot. I mean, is a whole lot. So uh, uh, if that's if that's you and you couldn't be here for this service, but you're watching, if you want to go to our website, you'll be, you'll be able to see how to do that. You can go to gracelifechurchjemison.com, or you can um, you can actually go to his uh, ministry, Ronald C. Ministries, right? dot com ministry com, his or this ministry, and uh, go to the PayPal, and you have a way to donate. Um, I don't think he's having to send a provision until near the first of the month, so we still have time to, to raise more uh, finances, which are crucial for the people of Peru. Uh, we're thinking here about it being hot in summertime, but in a few weeks, in a month, it's going to be actually winter over there. That doesn't make sense to our mind, but it's... Uh, uh, and when we think of winter here, usually we're thinking 30 to 40 degrees. When you think winter over there, you're thinking up down to zero to sometimes 30 below zero. And so their, their life's a whole lot different. And, uh, with, uh, what's going on in the world and this, uh, this pandemic or virus, you know, it's touching, uh, over 140 something nations and certainly is in Peru. And so, uh, <clears throat> they don't have the means and supply that we have here. So all the more reason to be able to help. So, um, sir, if you'll come and just minister the word, we're going to give the floor to you. Y'all give him a good hand as he comes. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. I keep wanting to call him Bishop for some reason. <laughs> He's a great leader, I guess, because of my respect for him. I was telling my cousin that uh, what we, when I invited him to come, about our friendship, me and Pastor West's friendship. I said, we've been friends for many years now. We actually watched our children grow up from little children. That's how long we've been friends. I'm thinking the other day, how long has it been, how long has he been supporting my mission ministry? And as far as I can think back, seemed like he was there from the beginning. <laughs> I've been doing this every year for the last 14 years. And um, I was thinking, I was, I was washing some dishes yesterday, and 
the testimony about the car that he gave me, the Lord told me he wanted me to tell that, you know, as I was writing a book and just come back from uh, my mission trip. And he said, the Spirit of the Lord said, people need to hear that testimony. And um, it's, it, it, it'll encourage you. Amen. But anyway, um, I'm so happy to be here. Um, before we get off into the Word, um, we're going to show you a small video clip. I normally show the videos, my own personal videos, but just, I think it was just yesterday, I ran across um, a video that my pastor friend from Peru that works with us over there, he's our guide, he's the one that sets everything up, and he made a video, and because of the need has changed this year, uh, seemed like I felt impressed in my spirit to, instead of showing my personal video, to show his because of the, uh, the need. And it's very short. And Freddie, uh, um, Matt, no, Freddie, uh, he can't speak no English at all. So you won't understand a word he said. But they got it written down at the bottom. You have to read it. But there's one thing you could say in English, Freddie, understand, and that's financial support. <laughs> we, we was on the phone, and they was translating everything to Freddie. And we were talking, and Milos was translating. He was, okay. And then, then I, he heard me say, we're going to send some financial support. He said, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. <laughs> She didn't have to translate that. <laughs> so at this time, fix your eyes to the stream. Let's take a look at this short video that Freddie, Pastor Freddie Quintanilla made. Bring that, that little screen, that little uh, document that I had you to, to go with that video. I want y'all to see this. Um, usually when we go over there, uh, the need is we the they because of the cold like pastor was telling us he was talking pastor was talking about what we call coal is nothing compared to what they call coal anywhere from zero to thirty below zero um and it's different between their coal and our coal is that we can go into a building and and flip on the heat, but these kids they don't even have shoes. And uh, they have no heat, even inside the buildings. And many of them are dying. They're freezing to death. And so every year, we provide warm garments to keep them alive. And and I learned from a long time ago from my mother, you know, there's no love like the love of a mother for a child. And I learned a long time from my mother, you don't mess with mama's babies. <laughs> so... Um, so, 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 but if you help mama's baby, <laughs> I, mean, I learned that from my mom. You don't mess with her baby, she get hurt. I'm telling you, I can tell you some stories, but I'm, I'm not have time. But, um, but uh, because of the, we help their babies, you get mama's heart. Yeah. And even if they never heard the name of Jesus, even one time, uh, we, when we tell them, they look at us, you can see the look in their face. They want to know why we're, we're being so nice to them, these firing people. And we tell them that there was a man named Jesus sent us here to help your babies. And even if they never heard the name of Jesus one time, they're going to want to know about this man 
that name Jesus. And when we tell his story, you're preaching the gospel and their heart opens up and they and they, many of them uh, get get healed. They get uh, they get uh, saved and we plant churches and marvelous things are happening. But this year is different. The greatest need is, is not warm garments, even though there is a great need. But the greatest need now, because of this COVID, this, this uh, coronavirus, uh, the greatest need now is shifted to food, as you can see. Uh, the people uh, in these places that we go in the mountains, that was not one record, re- reported case where anybody was affected with the, the virus, not one. But in the city of Lima, we got like 60,000 uh, cases and the people are leaving the cities, even though it's a quarantine and the roads are, are, are cut off. You can't drive on the highways. And they got they got um, uh, uh, not just law enforcement. They got soldiers with automatic weapon uh, patrolling. So you can't drive on the streets. But they started walking. And so they leave in the city walking to these these back. They're going back to the mountains to live because there's no jobs in the cities no more. So they're coming back and uh, and they're walking. That's just like walking from here to Dallas, Texas. But they go into the mountains and it's extremely cold and they got their children and they got, you know, but so uh, and no one is able to go is able to go in there. And the one reason why we can't go, even if they open up the the borders and let us go in. Uh, Freddie, Pastor Freddie said the people in the villages would not allow us to come in because they know from the media that this virus came from a foreign country. They knew it came from from uh, China. But even though we're not from China, we're, we're come from a foreign country. And there's a lot of talk about America and this virus. So they're afraid that we'll bring the virus in. So to be on the safe side, they just prefer us not to come. But we're sitting, we told, like I just told you, I told Freddie, we were sitting in financial support. And uh, I want to share with you real quick, show, go to the uh, document. I, wanna, I want you to see. I, I was thinking that right here, this is what I want you to see. That's good right there. I was thinking that the, the expenses of the trip would come down because of the, because of the food. But it didn't. Uh, Freddie talking about reaching at least 500 uh, families. They said you could. It would take fifty dollars per month for per family. Five hundred families will come out to about twenty-five thousand dollars. But not only do they ask, are they asking for food? But they, 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 they. they there's a revival has broken out. And it's almost like the West Revival. If you notice, if you read the West Revival, uh, the, the sales of Bible tripled. They want Bibles and, uh, and they want God. They want, they look and they're turning. I thought this was going to happen to America. It, it just hadn't got bad enough here yet, but, but it, it's coming. I mean, we, we're going to turn back to God. I guarantee you, but they, they have turned their face towards God. And they're asking for Bibles, and Freddie don't, don't even have no more Bibles. And but if he said, uh, I think one Bible you can see here, I think it's like uh, eight dollars a Bible, a Quechua Bible. 
And um, if we, if for one family, it would, it would be like 58 American dollars per month, you know, with the Bibles too. But if we reach five, if we reach 500 families, it will cost us $29,000 with the, with the Bibles and the, and the food. But if we take off the Bibles, it would cost 12, it would be $25,000. This is a budget that Freddie sent me and we looked over it and we, uh, we examined this budget and it's really a very small amount. It just, the need is just great. And we, we, and they want to reach an extra 500 next month, another extra 500 people, which would be a thousand. So I was talking to pastor. I can see why God don't want the church to be broke. You, you, you see what I'm saying? And that's why we shouldn't talk against the prosperity message. <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? I'm saying the, the more you can't do nothing big for God if you're broke. And you can't help. If I'm in, a, I heard a preacher say a long time ago, he said, he said, if I'm in a hole and you're in a hole, how can we help each other? <laughs> so, so praise God. So I thank God. See, not only it takes, it takes money to meet a need, it takes a heart. You know, you got to have the love of Jesus in your heart and to, you have to care about more than just yourself. Amen. Amen. I think if that was a worse of sin, it would be selfish, selfishness. Because the only difference between us and those people was we were born here. That's the only difference. We were born in America. Amen. And so I, I don't know what nobody else saying or whatever, but I thank God for America. Thank you. Thank you. And, and see, I ain't always said that, but I had to leave America to understand, to appreciate America. <laughs> I had to leave before I, before I can reckon, realize the blessing that I, it stopped me from complaining. Amen. 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 Praise God. So, so that, there you have it. I just wanted to show the, the I want y'all to be praying for us. We're going to do everything we can to, um, to, to uh, help. Amen. Amen. And I thank God for people like you that's been a part of, of what we've been doing um, uh, for many years now. And I think the key is relationship. Uh, Pastor told me a long time ago that God operates in relationship. And it has a lot to do with love. Our love for each other. And no devil in hell uh, take that from us. It's a gift. And um, thank God for, for his lovely wife as well. Um, I was having a good time on the 7th of May, which was my birthday. Have you ever had a good day and then somebody made your good day into an extraordinary day? Uh, they did on my birthday and they had me to come and, and they had cake. Uh, I blew out some candles and uh, they, had some, they had some old dessert and, and then they came in there, I won't ever forget this, uh, First Lady and, uh, and Lexi. They came in there and, and pastor want to call him bishop, but they, they started singing happy birthday to me. And I, I tell you what I felt, I felt nothing but love. Amen. I thank God for, for your pastor. Come on, put your hands together for the best pastor in the whole world. Amen. He care about people. 
With all that said and done, we're going to get into the word. Amen. Because I understand I'm in a word church and we can't tell two, two poems and make a rhyme and, and say it's time to go home. Not in here. We got to preach the word. Bring the word. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So with that being said, let's go to Romans, the 15th chapter of Romans and uh, the 20th chapter of Second Chronicles. Praise God. Hallelujah. Good to have my cousin, uh, Robert C. S-E-A-Y. First cousin on my father's side. Hadn't seen him in over 50 years. And he came back from Oregon. Guess who he called for? Well, and they called me Ronnie, <laughs> not Ronald. <laughs> um, everything was messed up with my name. I had to get it straight now. <laughs> so um, he wanted to, to, to he reached out to me, and I thank God for my my cousin. I'm learning a lot about my family just through him. Uh, in Romans, the 15th chapter. Um, the fourth verse, it says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime was written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Father, we just thank you right now. We give you glory, honor, and praise. Holy Spirit, have your way. Use us, guide, guide us, direct us. And Lord, I just thank you that you'll, that there will be a free flow of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit, you have full control. I thank you that your word will go forth like a river. It will flow like a river. It would not be a struggle. And I just praise you and I glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I heard something Andrew Warmack said that stuck with me. And here's a guy that's strong preacher on on grace and also of the new covenant. Um, I tell you what, the Holy Spirit had led me towards his teaching and just changing my life. And um, and you got to, it's amazing to have, to know when you're hearing good teaching. Not, you can hear good teaching and not even know it. And you, and you can just ignore it and reject it because you, you're ignorant. You don't know that this is good. This is what you need, <laughs> you know. But the Holy Spirit got ways of showing us what's me. And I, I believe he's real inside of me and he, he, he shows me what's really good for me. And, and he said something about the old covenant that, that I won't forget. He said, he, he said he heard somebody talk about the old covenant. He had they had they, they said that you shouldn't touch the old covenant. And uh, Andrew Walmart said that's stupid. <laughs> I mean, you don't do away with the old covenant. Uh, you can see uh, we know we have a better covenant. We know that, but we can still learn some things, even based on this scripture here that uh, we can learn something from the Old Covenant. Amen. And here he says, and listen to how he says it. He said, for whatsoever things were written aforetime was written for our learning. It was written for our learning, whether good or bad. And he says that we, through patient 
and comfort of the scriptures. It was written for our comfort, uh, that the comfort of the scriptures may have hope. So, so it was written for three different reasons, for our learning, for encouragement, and also hope for the future. I said that to say that I want to talk to you a little bit about a story from the Old Covenant that is relevant for today, that will comfort you, that will encourage you, and give you hope for the future. Amen. 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 Uh, in Chronicles, in the second chapter, in the, the uh, second Chronicles 20 chapter, it reads, it says, it came to pass after this also, that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them other besides the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side, Syria. And behold, they be in Hezazan tomorrow, which is Angedi. So here we find this king had received a, a devastating report that three giants had banded together of an army to come against his little small band to war. And, if, and, and in the 12th verse, you'll find him saying that he didn't know what to do. And in the third verse, you find where he was afraid and he didn't know what to do. It was like it was like three big men coming against a little a little midget. And he just had no there was just no way he can defeat. He knew his little band could could defeat these three giant armies. So he said he didn't know what to do. And I want to talk to you a little bit about. What to do when you don't know what to do? Amen. <laughs> what to do when you don't know what to do? As we examine this story, I find it very interesting that most people, when they are, when they are afraid, and we've seen a lot of fear lately, when people are afraid, and when they are confused, nine times out of ten, they make the wrong decisions. Amen. But, but on the contrary, this king did everything right. <laughs> he, made, he made all the right decisions. And you can't tell me we, he didn't got, we can't learn something from this story. <laughs> Glory to God. It was amazing. It says now after he received this, this devastating news, the Bible said he feared. In the third uh, verse, it said that he feared. And it kind of remind me of uh, it, actually the world, but especially America today. That fear, it remind me of America today. I never dreamed that I would see a day in America where people will be fighting over toilet paper. <laughs> I never 
thought I would live to see the day where huge stores like Walmart, Winn-Dixie, Target, I went to every one of them, and their shelf was completely empty from one side all the way to the other one. I never thought I would live to see the day when mega churches will be, I mean, 10, 20, 30,000 members will be completely empty. Never thought I'd see that day. Never thought I'd see the day when I go through Birmingham where everywhere you look, people are wearing masks and they're standing six feet from one another, talking about social uh, distance, see. And uh, I never thought I'd see a day where I couldn't get a haircut because all the barbershops and all the businesses are shut down. Glory to God. People are afraid. They're concerned. They're concerned about their families. They're concerned about their children. They're concerned and they're afraid of this killer disease called coronavirus. They're afraid for their life. But it was no different during this time. This king was afraid for his nation because things in this natural didn't look good. It looked like his country, his whole nation was going to be wiped out. And he was afraid and he, he, he admitted he didn't know what to do. But let's take a look at what he did. The Bible said in the third verse that he feared and he set himself to seek the Lord. He didn't look to the professionals. He didn't look to the politicians. He didn't look to this one and that one, that man, that wise man, that wise man. No, he turned his face to the Lord and he saw that's a lesson within himself right there. He didn't look at the news. He didn't look at CNN. He looked to God. Not only did he look to God, this king had this authority, but but he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And the fourth verse said this. And Judah gathered themselves together, listen to this, to ask help of the Lord. Listen to this. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. My question was, is this, is it possible that fear can cause a nation like America to turn their face to God? Is it possible that a revival could break out in the midst of this epidemic? The question, I heard a question asked years ago, can something good come out of something evil? Glory to God. (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
as we read on. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new, new court and said, now he's getting ready to pray, but let me just say this. Uh, he went to the temple and he began to pray. And let's just read a little bit of this. It says, and Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the, in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God, our, our fathers, O Lord God of our fathers, that's how I read, are not thou God in heaven? In other words, let me just say this before I read that. He, he went to the, the, the temple to pray. Because he believed that the presence of the Lord would be in the temple. That was good for that day. But this day, we don't have to run to a certain place. We are the temple. Come on, somebody. Uh, just, just remember you, that, that Jesus said, I will never, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And you are the holy temple of God. And you can call on him wherever you are. And you don't have to wait for a priest. <laughs> we can learn something. Now, I want y'all to pay attention. Pay attention to the way this dude prayed. <laughs> pay attention. You can learn something from his prayer. Now, Listen to what he said. He said, he said, oh, Lord, God of our fathers. Are not thou God in heaven and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of, of, of the heaven? And in thy hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? What is he doing there? He's exalting God. Above his circumstances. He's exalting God above his circumstances. I heard, I heard one guy say, I heard one guy say, if what you are looking at, I will never forget this. If, if what you are looking at is overwhelming you, you're looking at the wrong thing. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I remember in 2018, our, our team went through some of the greatest challenges. I told my team in a little place I had gotten together and taught them. And I said, don't you go back home talking about all that, all what the devil has done. And they, they wondered, why not? We ain't never went through nothing like this. I said, because of this reason. The more you talk about what the devil is doing, the bigger he's going to become. The more you talk about what God is doing, the bigger he will become. The question is, how big is your God? Listen to me. He's, he is the almighty God, but he will only be as big as you will allow him to be in your life. So what are you saying? This man exalted God above his circumstances. You see, so no matter what you are facing, you got to you got to see God bigger than that. 
God got to be bigger than cancer. He got to be bigger than bone cancer. He got to be bigger than liver problem, high blood pressure, heart disease. He's bigger than your circumstances. He's got to be bigger than, than depression, bigger than frustration, aggravation, bigger than pain, sickness, and disease, bigger than the devil. Hallelujah. He's even bigger than death, hell, and destruction. He's bigger than the spirit of fear. You got to exalt God above, above whatever coming against you. It may be bigger than you. That's what this guy said. But it's not bigger than God. Can't tell me you can't learn something from this dude. Glory to God. I know this is right. Seventh verse, he says, uh, he says, are not thou our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of the land before thy people Israel and give it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend, forever? What is he doing here? He's reminding God of what he did. You see, it's not just good enough to remind God of what he did. We need to remind ourselves of what he did. Come on, somebody. We can learn something from these dudes. Now, now, uh, the one of the mistakes the Israelites made when they came out of Egypt, they forgot. It's dangerous to forget your testimony. They forgot the God that brought them all those years they was in bondage. And just like that, God delivered them. But they forgot about it. They forgot about the God that led them as a cloud by day and fire by night. They forgot. And I thought about this when when the Red Sea opened up. I want you to imagine that. See that. Imagine you standing there, the army coming up against, coming, and they got, they, they got death in their eyes. They're going to slaughter you. They're going to cut you in a million pieces. And, 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 and they saw, with, with their own eyes, they saw a man stretch out his rod and water. They heard the winds come, and the water backed up like jelly, I heard one guy say. It backed up, and it stood up in one place like jelly. <laughs> Glory to God. And, 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 and they didn't walk over on no muddy ground. It was dry ground. They could see dust coming up from their feet. And as they were going over, they could see this big old wall of water. As they walked by, they could see fish, fish swimming. And they got over on the other side. And they saw with their own eyes, they saw the water come in and crush their enemies. Yeah. And what did they do? They started dancing, shouting, and, and if, they could, or if they could have spoken tongues, they would have been speaking in tongues. They were happy, and they sung the songs of praises. But the mistake they made, well, you don't read where they ever praised him again. From that moment, after that day, all they did was gripe, grumble, and complaint. Every time they got in a hard place, 
instead of remembering what God did for them, they kept saying, we're going to die. Ah, they get to another hard place. Oh, we're going to die. They get to another hard place. God deliver them. Oh, we're going to die. Until God, if he could have got sick, I would have said he got sick and tired of it. <laughs> but yes, he couldn't get sick. But, <laughs> but he, he, he did get tired. Uh, them kept saying, we're going, and he said, I'm going, what you have spoken in my ears is going to happen. Why? They made a mistake of forgetting. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been in a, in a hard place and God delivered you and brought you out? Yeah. Have you ever, have your back ever been up against the wall, shoved in a corner, you was at a Red Sea, you didn't know what to do, and you prayed and God brought you out of your hard place. Had that ever happened to you one time? You should never, ever forget that. My, uh, his, his brother, my first cousin, what we were talking yesterday, he saw me driving up, up in the, in the Bema and he asked me, he said, what do you do for a living? I said, if I told you, you wouldn't understand. It wouldn't make sense to your natural mind. <laughs> but I tell you anyway, even though you're not going to understand it. He said, what do you do? He was right there. He heard me say this. I said, I live by faith. That's how I live. That's how I make my living. I live by faith, not by sight. And I don't forget my testimonies. Just this first year, when let me tell you something. God don't come through for me every month. I'll be out on the streets. (laughs) It had to happen that often. (laughs) A lot of people preach it and they they write books about it. They they do this, but it's a different story when you actually live in it. The Lord told me to start keeping up with it. In the first of the year, I, I, this, you know, I had no, no, my meetings was, was, was too far out. This Corona stuff was happening and I didn't have no, I, I had no meetings and I didn't know what I was going to, you know, I had rent coming up and I had no clue how I was going to pay it. But that's just a normal thing for me. <laughs> that, that ain't no stranger to me. But it just, it just feels, you know, it don't look like it's going to happen. Every time, every time it looked like it's not going to happen. But it always happened. God called me up, called me up, got something for you. I could see it in a corner. I could see a little, I could see just a little few. I saw a, I saw a zero. I saw one zero and a one. No, I seen a one, I seen a zero, two zeros. That's what I saw. And I couldn't see the rest. They were covered up. I figured it'd be a hundred dollars. Took it out, gave it to me. It was a thousand dollars. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Y'all just don't understand. <laughs> Y'all don't understand. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be living. I wouldn't, I wouldn't make it if God didn't come through for me. So, so, and that happens all the time. That, that's just one of many. 
Don't forget your testimony. And he goes on. He, he went on to say in the 12th verse, he says, Oh, our God, will thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Have you ever faced something that you couldn't defeat in your own strength? And then he says, neither know we what to do. I don't know. That's something. I think we all been there. Neither know we what to do. But I like what he said, this next verse. He said, man, this helped me for years. But my eyes, my eyes is upon thee. You see, when I, they, t- they used to ask me, what is the best lesson you learn as a senior pastor? When you pastored for six and a half years, what is the number one lesson you learned? I said, I, it's easy. I tell you right off. I learned to get my eyes off of people and on God. And on God. I found out the more I think about people, the less God deals with their heart on my behalf. The more I think about God, and that's why I don't talk about money that much. I just, I just put, I just, when I, the more I talk about money, the less I get. (laughs) So, so the Lord taught me sooner or later, you learn how to just trust him. Just keep your eyes on God and not on people. (laughs) Glory to God. So either way, uh, he said his eyes was on, on him, on the Lord. And then in the 13th verse, I like the way the King James Version says it. He says, and all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives and their children. It's a picture of the day. People are concerned about their families. See, once you get through praying, it's time to just shut your mouth. See, prayer, if you don't learn how to shut up, you're going to miss a very important part of your prayer. When you think about what is prayer? Prayer is communication with God. If I'm communicating with, with pastor, I don't supposed to do all the talking. Come, come on. If I'm communicating with God, I don't supposed to do all the talking. <laughs> I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, I didn't want to give him credit, but I'm going to give him credit one time for this. <laughs> I learned this from him. He said, he told me years ago, years ago, he said, what he said to you is far more important than what you said to him. <laughs> so it's important that you hear what he said to you. And that's what happened here. They got quiet and they heard. And then when they got quiet, while they was talking, God didn't talk. But when they got quiet, the spirit of God spoke. And he says, he said, then upon, this is the prophet uh, Jehaziah, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeal, the son of Mathaniah, a Levite of the son of Asaph, came the spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation and said, Hawking ye all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem and thou king Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord. The first thing he said is this. The first thing he said it's interesting what he said. The very first thing God said was, be not afraid. This is the thing. If God said, be not afraid, then he's still saying, be not afraid today. 
You hear me? I can see the world running and buying up all the toilet paper, but when the Christian beat them, beat them to it, <laughs> and the sinners don't have no way because of the, the Christian and beat them to the, to the toilet paper. And when I get to the, buy some toilet paper, it's all gone. <laughs> if God, God is the same yesterday, today, if God told them not to be afraid yesterday, he's still saying, be not afraid today. Why should I not be? Anytime God tells us not to be afraid, it's for a reason. He said, he said, for the battle is not yours, but God. <laughs> That's all the reason we don't need to be afraid. If you remember your testimonies, that can help us to move on towards the future. There was a few people in the Bible that remembered their testimony. I don't have time to go into it, but David was one of them. You remember when David said, my rod and my staff, they comfort me? Have you ever thought about what is a rod and a staff? It's, it's a piece of wood, stick. Now, how can two sticks give, encourage you? <laughs> well, if you do research on it, it's every time God will, will, will bring David out of a hard place, he will carve it on that on that rod or that staff. And when he got into another hard place, he reminded himself what God did for him mm -hmm. then. Yeah. You could see that when he when he when he when he approached the king, when when uh, Goliath showed up, he said, the God that delivered me from the lion and the bear, he'll deliver. See, he didn't forget See, I think we make a mistake when we forget what he did for us in the past. I thank God for faith. My God. Glory to God. Then in the 17th verse, he says, he said, you should not need to fight in this battle. Set yourself, stand you still and see the salvation of the Lord. Hallelujah. See the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, he says it again. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. He told them they would not need to fight in this battle. Now think about this. The greatest battle they ever faced in their life required no work. Required no, required no work. It was sweatless victory. They didn't even have to raise a sword. All God told them to do was go out there. He didn't tell them to fight, but he told them to go. Now, they, they went. Hallelujah. Let's just keep reading. I'll tell you what happened when they went. The 18th verse says, now they got this word. After they got this word, it said, Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the, to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord. Listen to what they did. Worshiping the Lord. That's another faith secret. You see, we need to, once you pray, we need to mix uh, praise and worship with your prayers. 
I never seen anyone that praised God and complained at the same time. Oh, Lord, I praise you. Thank you, Lord. I just don't know what else. Thank you. And that's no, 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 no. See, see, I'm learning something about we don't realize just how powerful praise is. Praise and worship is. It is it, it is a weapon. I didn't realize it, but it, it is. God wants us to have a thankful heart. The, the, you remember when he fed the five, the, 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 the mother two, the five thousand with the with the um, the two fish, five loaves, two fish. The first thing he did, I learned this. He he raised it up towards towards heaven and he gave thanks. Then he blessed it. I wasn't going to say this, but the Lord told me to start doing that with my ministry. He said, be thankful for for your ministry. Be thankful for the wounds that, that have you in. Be thankful for the money that's been given to you. Be thankful for the doors. It may not be what you desire, but be thankful for the doors that... See, you, you, somebody said, well, it ain't enough. Well, well, Jesus didn't have enough. See, the two fish is not enough to feed a multitude. But he had a thankful heart. And he gave thanks. And he, instead of complaining about what ain't having, he gave, he he blessed it. He blessed it. I say he blessed it. I made a decision every dime that come in my hand. I'm going to thank him for it. And I'm going to bless it. I'm going to give thanks. I don't care if I don't have enough money to buy toilet paper. I'm going to be thankful. If I go down, and uh, you hear me? Going underwater. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to have a thankful heart. I'm not going to, my last word is not going to be a complaint. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I found out something. No matter what it looks like, it just seems like God honors that. <laughs> but then he went on to say, and they praised him. Uh, I'm going to go on. For, I'm trying to hurry up. Um, hallelujah. 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 In the 21st verse, it says, and when they had consulted with the, with the people, when he had consulted with the people, that is the king, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness. And as they, and as they went out before the army, and to, and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endured forever. And when they had begun to sing praises, and when they began to sing praises, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Sire, which was come against Judah, and they were smitten. Um, uh, they were smitten. Um, we know what happened. You know, they turned on each other. I remember when um, I read this book about John G. Lake, he was, it was interesting. Uh, he was doing the tent service and the devil always trying to mess up God's plan. The guy brought two killer dogs, pit bulls, and, and one of them things get a whole two years, bad news. And they, re, and they unleashed those dogs into that crowd to disrupt the, they could have killed somebody. And God confused the minds of those dogs. 
and they turn on each other. And they start fighting and one of the dogs so they don't quit until the other one is dead. So one of the dogs was getting the best of the other one. And the two men got in an argument and they started fighting. <laughs> and when the dust settled down, the only people got hurt was the two dogs and those two men. <laughs> That's what happened here. Uh, Look, look in the end, and I'm about to close out here. It says, it says, and when Judah came towards the, the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude, and behold, they were dead bodies that's fallen to the earth, and none escaped. The fifth verse says, 25th says, and when Jehoshaphat and the people came to take away the spars of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious stone jewels, which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. And they were three days in gathering other spars, for it was so much. Can you imagine 10,000 men, 10,000 soldiers, and it took them uh, three days <laughs> to gather up the jewelry. Can you imagine what that pile of jewelry looked like? This is my point. When they first started out in the natural, it didn't look like we're going to end up this way. You hear me, cuz? It didn't look like it was going to end this way. In my closing, I was thinking, I heard this story about this little kid. This is my closing. He was, uh, he, was, he was just like me when I was a kid. He was fascinated by this cartoon character, Spider-Man. I loved myself some Spider-Man when I was a kid. And this kid was looking at this Spider-Man comic book. And Spider-Man was in a, in a, in a war with this demon-like, monster-like looking thing. And it looked like this, this monster-like, demon-looking thing was, be, was, be, was getting the best of Spider-Man. And it's an amazing story. This kid was so taken by this character, Spider-Man. And when it looked like his buddy was being defeated, the little boy started crying. He started crying because Spider-Man was losing. But for some odd reason, that little boy kept turning the pages. And he got to the last chapter. He saw something extraordinary. He saw his buddy, Spider-Man, coming out with victory. That kid wiped the tears from his eyes. Listen to this, y'all. Flipped the pages back to the first chapter. Guess what he did? He started talking to the comic book. That little boy said, Spider-Man, don't give up. I saw the last chapter. If you just don't quit, you're going to win. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hey, glory to God. If you just don't quit. Okay, how much pain you're going through. I don't care how much hurt you're going through. I don't care what it looks like. If you don't quit. Amen. 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 Glory. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Do you hear me? Do you hear me? Just don't quit. Hallelujah. What to do when you don't know what to do, but you know you got to do something. God bless you in the hands of the pastor.
We want to give you an opportunity to give today. So this is a, if you're making out a check, just make it to Grace Life Church. We'll get one check. If you're watching this online and you want to get, um, you want to be a part of this, then you can go to our website, gracelifechurchjemison.com, go to PayPal, or you can mail a check P.O. Box 296 Jemison, Alabama 35085. Or you can go to Ronald C. Ministry, and you can do PayPal there. Um, this is the first year he's not going to be able to be put his feet there until it's really discouraging in a lot of ways for him. He would much rather be there. But isn't it still good that we can be the hands and feet of Jesus? Can you see what's going to happen here today translated into funds? It's going to go to the people way up into the mountains that doesn't have access to what you have access to, doesn't have blessings that you have been blessed with, and them trucks are going to be unloaded by what's happening right here in this room today. And it's what it's what we're doing here today and others that are partnering with uh, his ministry that's going to be able to make the, the gospel still be preached and the light of Jesus still shine. And uh, Jesus said, you know, whatever you do to me, he said, if you give someone a cold glass of water, he said, it's like you gave me a water. If you gave him something to eat, it's like you gave him something to me to eat. He was talking about, someone said, well, I don't have that budget of $29,000, so I don't remember him asking you about it. <clears throat> so <clears throat> all we got to do is what it's in our heart to do, what God tells us to do. Amen? And so <clears throat> that's the part that we're going to do today. We're going to get involved in a, in a big way there. And uh, we just believe that every uh, need is met. The total budget's met. Y'all, can y'all agree with that? Amen. We originally had this had this meeting scheduled for the first of May, but because of what was going on with the the Corona thing and all that, and the governor didn't want you to meet, which I really never paid no attention to, so we never shut down anyway. But anyway, we just thought we'd put it to the end of the month. Turns out I wasn't any smarter. I put it on Memorial Day weekend because Americans are righteous and bold as a lion. If you give them a three-day weekend, they'll, get, they'll, 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 they'll go over the, all the corona devils in the world to get to the beach in the mountains. <laughs> so I didn't do any better waiting until the end of the month as I did the beginning of the first of the month. <laughs> but our, my intentions was good, but praise the Lord. But uh, <clears throat> I think you're, it's going to be another week or two before you have to send the funds. So if you're watching, and then we'll inform the people next week who's here and, and uh, be able to maybe uh, send more forward. So. If you need an offering envelope, if you will, did y'all do that? If you need another one, praise the Lord. <laughs> so let's lift up our offering before the Lord. Father, we just bless you, Father God. We thank you, Lord, for the word. We are encouraged, Father God. The battle's not ours, but it is yours, and we rejoice in you for all that which you have done. Father, we don't grumble. We don't complain. We are blessed and highly favored. We thank you, Father God, that you are the God of more than enough. And we thank you, Lord, that every dollar, everything this needed to meet the need, Father God, in Peru shall be met in the time that this needs to be met. Father God, thank you, Lord, that you are the God who's more than enough. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're going to show out in a big way because you're in the show business. And we thank you, Father God, that you'll show out and you'll shine this year, Father God. And this year will be no less, but it'll be greater than it's ever been before. We declare it, the people blessed who's given today. We speak blessings upon their lives, increase upon their lives. We thank you that the ministry and spirits, angels go forth and cause increase to come into our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, 
Amen. You may receive the offering. Praise God. Well, thank you for being here today. And uh, I know you was encouraged by the word. Thank you, Evangelist C, for coming bringing the word to us. Amen. Being a part. Uh, we love to be able to be a part, you know. Never have really quite understood, but I know what the scripture says. It says the sender gets the same blessing as the goer. It just seemed like uh, the, the goer that... Cause you know, I, I I never really want I never really wanted to eat no emu or nothing like that. I just or a goat head, nothing like that. So it just seemed like the guy who went, you know, like I'm on a diet right now. I'm fasting. <laughs> it just seemed like the guy who goes and goes for all the you know the discomfort of the travel and all this kind of stuff. He ought to get a greater blessing. But in the book, in the Word of God, he says, God said, if you sin, it's the same thing as you went. And the principles out of 1 Samuel said those who stayed by the stuff got blessed as the ones who went forward. So, uh, you know, when you get to heaven one day, you're going to have a, a family come up to you, a little boy, a little girl, because heaven's going to record all this, and they'll know, and they'll come up to you, and you won't know who they are, and you'll say, I'm one of the families that that you fed me, and you got me through the winter of 2020, up way up in the mountains of Cusco. i never forget, I... I, I Sometimes it's kind of embarrassing, but the first time I saw the videos, you know, when y'all were up at the higher elevations, you know, I'm thinking a whole different way. I'm thinking, wow, man, God was really showing out that day. And they were walking through this village, I'll just call it a village, and uh, I saw all these look like the, I, I thought it was the glory. And I asked Matt about it. He said, no, that ain't the glory cloud. That's the clouds. I said, I, said, I was like, you know, I've flown through clouds. <laughs> but I ain't never walked in one. <laughs> so, you know, getting up there is not the easiest thing in the world to do. So, it's, it's it, you know, this is not one of those uh, beginner trips. <laughs> you know, you know if, you're, if you're going there thinking I'm going on a vacation, you're badly mistaken. Uh, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll get vacation out of your mind forever if you think you're going on a vacation. But people actually live there. And so when they do, when they can grow, you know, they're growing their, their uh, tomatoes on the side of a hill or whatever they're growing. I don't know how they catch them, you know, because something falls off the vine, it's gone. I'm sure they develop something to catch that, you know. So <clears throat> maybe they could grow a square tomato. I don't know if they could do that. It just, it just got <laughs> But, you know, they live in a place, you know, I mean, uh, I remember what was a couple of years ago you was talking about. They singing, they was, y'all bringing in all this provision and it's, uh, the cold was coming in. They're trying to get prepared for the winter. And they asked the question, they said, where are you, where did this come from? Where did y'all come from? And you or some of your team said, we, we've come from America. And they said, what's that? You think, how, how could you be anywhere in the world that you've never even heard of America? And then sometimes you go there and say, have you accepted Jesus? And they say, who's that? See, in America, I've always preached from the point of you, you know forward. But sometimes when you get into the other most parts of the earth, you, you got to really start at the beginning. In the beginning, <laughs> they never heard of Jesus. So, well, so we got a story to tell. And we're going to do it. So that sign of us is find a need and meet it and find a hurt and heal it. And that's what that's what. It's happening here today. So we bless you for that. Uh, Wednesday night, we'll have our Bible study. On uh, uh, I guess we'll be uh, not quite halfway through. Um, and so we're going to pick up on that.
on uh, divine healing technicians, how to take healing uh, to the four corners of the earth and to your part of your world and uh, with Curry Blake Ministries. And so um, we're going to pick up there, so bring your manuals with you. So y'all have a big day in Jesus. God bless you. Love you.